In a rising secular bull market, you have to climb a wall of worry until an eventual valuation escalation mania mountaintop appears. For those still scarred and scared from the long interim bullion bear market of the 2010s, now well behind us, well, they'll get left behind, way down below. Many have yet to realize the big games we are playing, much less near a clue of the structural changes and upcoming shifts to the world's tectonic trading plates underlying the global economy and our futures. Well, take a ride and hike with me as we go through this week's relevant bullion market-related data and news. As we shine a light on a modern-day blowhard gold illiterate who will lie to your face with inaccuracies and obsolete outdated thinking. More on that in a minute. This volcanic soil you see here is being plowed for food production. Let us remember, a secular fiat financialization bear market has arrived, and the producers of real valuable things, they will be leveraged to demand relatively higher price premiums in our unfolding future. This week, more regional U.S. banks threatened to fail. Personally, one in which I used for many years when I was living in Southern California, having moved away right before gold's interim bear market bottomed in 2015. Happy to say that I was one of those onlookers who panicked first as I ACH bank ran out of that burning building in the nick of time. And while that particular bank has not yet failed fully, it looks like it's only a matter of time. At the moment, there are about 4,700 FDIC-insured banks in the USA, and the last ones myself and or any of my business interests would be involved in are these derivative-laden dominoes awaiting a deflationary cascading future bank crisis crescendo. So bad, most will be begging for direct fiat USD CBDC accounts directly with the fiat Fed or US Treasury. More on the topic of retail CBDCs later on in this update. Central bank gold bullion demand has just made a record-breaking start to Q1 2023. Net buying totaled over 228 metric tons this past first quarter. That is 34% higher than the previous Q1 record set in 2013, as back then governments were heavily buying the interim gold bear market spot price dip. Collectively in net, they are doing so at record pace because they know their system is failing, and gold bullion as the foundational bedrock of all finance has to be relearned by the world yet again. Turning now to a hashtag I've been using on Twitter a lot of late, pound gold illiterate, is something I save for true gold ignorance and idiocy which often comes flooding out of the woodwork as we will continue to break nominal fiat denominated price highs now and in the years coming. For instance, this silly picture of supposed gold bars stacked in a dilapidated vault is often used in mainstream financial media coverage of the gold market. Well, it's a Shutterstock cartoon rendering of what one might imagine without knowing nor having experience of what a gold vault would actually look like. It doesn't. And so, out of the woodwork and carnival show that is financial personalities come those who have not done the research nor fully understand the mountain that we're now climbing. And so this week, Gold Illiterate YouTube affiliate backlink, Fiat financial personality Dave Ramsey told his often non-financially educated viewership the following mistruths we're about to shoot down in data-driven secession. Make sure you share this with him and anyone else who thinks uh, it's worth listening to him. I bet he'll enjoy being publicly called out on his gold deceptions. I'm over 70 years old, so in 
about a year and a half, two years, I'm going to have to start taking uh, cuts from my 401k, uh, automatic payouts. The government makes you do Yeah, that. your required minimum payout. distribution. Yeah. Right. I don't use that money. It just sits there. It was yeah. making money under the Trump administration. It's kind of losing money right now. <laughs> yeah, I But that. anyway, uh, I don't really know what to do with that money because I don't need it. But I wouldn't mind... My gut feeling is to invest it in gold. No, uh, no, no. We don't put anything in gold. No. If it, you don't that, need it, and you're going to let you want to let it sit going, somewhere, let it sit in a good mutual fund. That's fine. That would be better than gold. Oh, absolutely. I I I, I own some gold cufflinks, and that's the only gold I've got. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I just don't want to do anything risky at this point. That well, risky is gold. Be in, Gold, gold is much more gold is much more volatile. If you look at the price of gold on a chart, it's way up and way down, much more than the stock market is. A lot riskier, okay. and it does not yield the, the net return. The average re annual rate of return on gold sucks. Uh, no, not throughout this full fiat currency era. Since the last gold price rigging system failed in the late 1968, up until now in 2023, gold's actually been the second best asset class. Over the last fiat financialized plus 50 years running, the only thing that outdid gold was buying bear market high dividend U.S. stocks and reinvesting all those dividends back into those same shares of those companies over the last 50 some odd years. Uh, but only a few people have ever done that. In this 21st century, gold has outperformed every one of these asset classes too. And gold remains fully intact in a global secular bullion bull market that will likely prove to be the largest of all time in nearly all facets that we can measure. Well, I guess for Ramsey, that sucks. So please proceed with more inaccuracies. Really? Yeah, okay. it's awful. Yeah, I, so. I, I don't know that much about it. I've just heard that gold was a good, good investment. So. Yeah, usually from people that don't have any money. <laughs> that, that 401k will just be part of my daughter's inheritance. I'll That's cool. That's cool. You're going to pull that money out of the 401k that we're talking about because you're required to. And I would just be moving it into good good mutual funds in in the process uh, i think i am going to ask a question on behalf of maybe new listeners maybe somebody's never heard you talk about this why are you so emphatic about gold and well th we know why it's up and down why is it so up and down because the way it's sold is well if the dollar gets hurt you need gold i mean that's the fear message that's behind this why is gold so volatile gold is a commodity okay it's a it's a it's a rock mm -hmm. that is yellow. Gold is a monetary precious metal with such proven store of value characteristics that global central banks are right now buying it in historical record sizes in volumes not seen before. Are you claiming that central banks store rocks in their vaults? No, Dave, this is not the failing London nickel market. Let's hear more shots to your credibility. Please proceed. Mm -hmm. Okay. You have barrels of oil. You have... Uh, precious metals, diamonds, commodities, corn, yep. commodity. And commodities are all traded 100% based on people's perception of shortage. If the perception is that there's a no shortage, that there's too much of it, the price goes down. Mm -hmm. So like the, the, the old movie, Orange juice futures with trading places with Eddie Murphy, which was <laughs> right. a mythological future. Okay, there weren't orange juice futures, but uh, Dave, there have been frozen orange juice futures contracts trading since before the gold price became freely fiat currency denominated traded. 
The great 1983 comedy called Trading Places was partly inspired by the NYMEX Potato Futures contract default and the 1980 Hunt Brothers Silver Futures market scapegoating that followed. Um, but it was fun for the movie's sake. But the, all that is is you're, you're, you're betting on, and commodities are all more volatile than investments that actually create revenue. So in, investment that creates revenue is a company that's running that makes a profit. Correct, Dave. But gold, silver, and other important commodities like energy and food, they have these things called a shelf life and uh, utility. And they wax and wane from bear markets and into secular bull markets. But overall, they help us run the modern world. And they certainly won't go to zero or end in bankruptcy like many of your cherished stocks will eventually. Home Depot makes a profit. Microsoft makes a profit. And it's either a lot of profit or not much profit. Apple makes a profit. A lot of profit. And so their stock goes up based on the fact that they are creating revenue. So nice cherry picks. Now let's look at all the bankrupt and or bought out companies that have been kicked out of your cherished Dow Jones Industrial Average since it started in the late 19th century. That's only the first list, Dave. Here's the second one of your uh, various fallen stars that have come and often went into bankruptcy, leaving unsecured shareholders with nothing. Gold and corn and oil does not create revenue. It only trades based on scarcity and people's perception of that scarcity is greed and fear. That's correct, Dave. And bank failures to come drive fear. The 21st century gold bull market will have greed associated along the way, but it's this sordid systemic failure of this fiat financialized world that's coming up that's going to drive this gold bull into a fear-driven short squeeze for the ages. And it's like, I'm afraid, so I'm going to rush towards it. And if a whole bunch of people rush towards it, it creates a shortage and the price goes up. But that's the only thing that causes the price to go up. The gold did not become more valuable. Just more people were chasing fewer bars. I know. I know. You feel dumber for having to listen to this. Well, imagine having to listen to it many times as you edit it. That's all it is. Supply demand drives it up. And so anytime you're investing in a commodity, you are at the mercy of of the psychology of the marketplace. Everybody's scared or everybody's greedy. And they're chasing two things. So that's the only way price is established, mm -hmm. where if you buy a piece of income-producing real estate, price is established based on the income it creates, not based on, oh, it's real estate. Woo! You know, it's not, oh, it's a golden rock. Woo! Okay, so the golden rock has no magical qualities. It's a rock. It's a golden rock. Saying gold is a rock over and over is not an argument. It's simply treating your listeners like idiots as you continually heap repeating earfuls of gold illiterate takes and nonsense. Speaking of real estate, Dave, gold is actually better at weighing historical values over the long haul, like real estate and other asset classes, and it's much better at measuring value real value, then you're always inflating and uh, not going to be forever fiat U.S. dollar. The average U.S. house price divided by gold is probably headed back towards 100 before this 21st century gold bullion bull market mania peters out. And by the time Dave Ramsey retires his embarrassingly public gold illiterate commentaries, perhaps the Dow gold ratio will be back below five, headed towards one like it was last seen in 1980, back when his current outmoded ways of thinking and investing actually made more sense. 
So give us uh, 30, 40 seconds on these headlines that people are seeing. And that's why we get this call in gold. They're seeing, well, the dollar's in danger. China's making moves. Russia, it's in the headlines all the time. What should they do when they hear these headlines about the dollar and it's the danger in the dollar? Well, the number one, you can't run to gold. There's nothing magical about it. Okay. Number two, Brazil and China and Russia are large land masses. But Russia and Brazil are not large economies. Their gross domestic put output is very low. Texas has a larger gross domestic production than Brazil. Texas is a bigger economy than Brazil. So do you think that Brazil and any of their little friends are going to snipe the dollar? Not a chance. They're going to have to do business with the 800-pound gorilla. And we do business in dollars. So they're going to be at our mercy still. This kind of belligerent U.S. dollar dominates the world bluster doesn't change the fact that the World Central Bank of Central Banks, the Bank for International Settlements, is already designing a wholesale MCBDC backend to the coming retail CBDCs around the world. And that coming system is going to allow nations and large companies to trade directly without having to use fiat U.S. dollars as the intermediary between their trading. And that is demand bearish for the U.S. dollar, likely heading into a secular bear market for the ages. The world is also moving more multipolar both in power and trade. But if you listen to Dave Ramsey, you'd think everyone is living in caves waiting to get paid in dollars for their hard-earned work day to day. Stick around on the other side of this. We're going to go further into the bullion bull market this week and also get a preview of the coming retail CBDC future from the Central Bank of the Central Banks, the Bank for International Settlements, the BIS. Hello, this is James Anderson on behalf of SD Bullion. Smash the like button if you enjoy these bullion market updates and share it with those who might find the information valuable. Also, be sure to enter our free Monster Box sweepstakes. Want to win 500 Silver Eagle coins just like this guy? Yeah, this is Kevin. Hi, Kevin. This is Dr. Tyler Wall, CEO of SD Bullion. I'm calling to you to let you know that you won the SD Bullion giveaway of a Monster Box of 2022 Silver Eagle. Unbelievable. That is awesome. <laughs> so click the link below for your chance to win. Good luck to all of you out there who enter our free 500-ounce American Silver Eagle coin giveaway sweepstakes. The gold-silver markets had strong weeks as gold broke up against its nominal record price high overnight in Asian trading, hitting 2080 an ounce in the middle of this past week. The spot silver price climbed to close just under 26 an ounce, a key price level and battleground that's coming up. The spot gold price sold off to close the week and finished just under 2020 an ounce bid. The gold-silver ratio fell to 78. Now, as promised, I wanted to give you a preview of our coming CBDC world brought to us by the Central Bank of Central Banks. This is the retail CBDC version, and it's a BIS Innovation Hub preview via their Project Icebreaker. So it gives you an idea of, think of this in terms of not merely in these three countries, but uh, in the top 80 to 100 GDPs throughout the world. Communicating or sending large amounts of data around the world is cheap and easy. But sending money to another country is usually expensive and slow. The way money travels across the globe relies on many intermediaries, increasing the complexity, time and cost of transactions. One of the main difficulties is that most payment systems are designed for domestic payments, not for international payments, and often do not communicate with similar systems in another country. The reasons for this vary, for example, due to differences in legislation and technical systems, and different working hours in various countries. 
The development of central bank digital currencies, CBDCs, and the underlying technologies that can be used could offer a solution. CBDCs used between consumers and merchants are known as retail CBDCs. Retail CBDCs could offer advantages such as faster transactions, more competition in payments, lower risks and safety in the form of central bank money. Countries around the world are researching and experimenting with retail CBDCs with many pilots underway. The central banks of Israel, Norway and Sweden have joined forces with the BIS Innovation Hub Nordic Centre in Project Icebreaker, which aims to explore how retail CBDC systems can be linked together to enable efficient international payments. Project Icebreaker is exploring a specific model linking national retail CBDC systems together. The Icebreaker Hub routes payments and allows national CBDC systems to talk to each other, despite being based on different technologies. In this project, different distributed ledger technologies used by each country for their proof-of-concept CBDC systems were connected to the Icebreaker Hub. Let's see how this works. Say Alice in Stockholm wants to send money to Noah in Tel Aviv to pay for a camera she bought online. When she enters Noah's payment address and the amount into her mobile app, the Icebreaker Hub helps her find the best available exchange rate. This is calculated from the rates foreign exchange providers submit to the Icebreaker Hub. Alice's payment is then broken down into two payments, one in Swedish e-krona to a foreign exchange provider in Sweden and another in Israeli digital shekels from the foreign exchange provider in Israel to Noah. These two payments are coordinated using a form of digital escrow known as a hash time locked contract, HTLC. The payment from Alice to the foreign exchange provider will only be released if the foreign exchange provider has paid Noah. If no foreign exchange provider can exchange Swedish e-krona for Israeli digital shekels, the icebreaker hub will find a bridge currency, for example, Norwegian krona, that can be exchanged for both Swedish e-krona and Israeli digital shekels, and will use that to bridge the gap. Swedish e-krona are exchanged for Norwegian krona, which is in turn exchanged for Israeli digital shekels. The hub will always choose the payment path that is cheapest for the payer. The benefits of the model demonstrated in the project are it enables cross-border interoperability, allowing systems with different technologies to talk to each other in a standardised way. It reduces settlement and counterparty risk by the use of coordinated payments in central bank money. It allows increased competition and choice for consumers by decoupling payers from specific foreign exchange providers as well as through the use of bridge currencies. It helps reduce costs. It helps achieve increased cross-border reach it is scalable, easily connecting the systems of many countries. It is fast, transactions take just seconds to complete. And CBDC does not need to leave a national CBDC system. Project Icebreaker has demonstrated that central banks can implement different technologies for their national CBDC systems that meet their needs and enable cross-border payments with minimal requirements. Further areas of work are still necessary, but the lessons so far can guide central banks when designing their national retail CBDC systems. Project Icebreaker, breaking new paths for cross-border payments.
The coming CBDC world will be super inflationary by design. That's going to allow the Western world especially for us to legally write off the record debt and unfunded liability piles accrued to date. Ones that we may not default on outright, but we certainly are going to inflate our way out of it. You still have time to get bullion, but I'm afraid the longer you wait and the more in Fed notes you're going to have to give up to get the precious proven private monetary stores of value. In time, $2,000 an ounce gold is going to be looked at as cheap. That's all for this week's SD Bullion Market Update. As always, take great care of yourselves, those you love. If you enjoyed this content, be sure to give our video a thumbs up. To keep getting bullion-related news and industry insights, be sure to subscribe to our channel. Finally, hit that alert button so you know when we publish fresh content.